Praise the Lord. Welcome to our Romans teaching today. We're in uh, chapter, really going to start chapter 3 today, but we're going to back up a little bit like I always like to do and kind of scratch the dirt before we take off running this morning. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. I'm glad to have you today. Uh, Every Monday and every Thursday, sometime by lunch, there will be new episodes of this Romans teaching uh, uploaded to my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. I pray that you would avail yourself to that YouTube channel. Again, it's Curtis Hutchinson 316. All of our services are uploaded there. Uh, we even have our music portion of the worship service uh, identified there by itself and, and the preaching, uh, the sermons, and we also have a Galatians ongoing right now teaching that's being uploaded there. It's live every Friday morning at 9 o'clock. It's called Cross uh, Time with Pastor Curtis. And I tell you what, the Lord is really blessing us in that Galatians teaching and as well with this Romans teaching. So uh, just one last thing I'd like to remind you of. Our camp meeting is September the 13th through the 16th. If you're anywhere near this area of Queen City, Atlanta, Texas, Texarkana, Texas, uh, you want to be here. I guarantee if there's eight ministers who minister nothing but the gospel who are coming in to be with us, Again, September the 13th through the 16th. That's a Thursday night through a Sunday morning. Pastor Michael Abogando will be with us all the way from the Philippines doing most of the praise and worship. And uh, I just encourage you, whatever part of the, of, of the week you can come, come and be a part of it. The Lord will minister to you. The Lord will definitely bless you. And so once again, uh, this is our really our t- in Romans chapter 2. There's 23 sessions in chapter 1. And again, that YouTube channel is Curtis Hutchinson 316. Avail yourself. It's all uploaded there. If you love the Word of God in truth, if you love the Word of God, learning what God means by what He says, you will love these broadcasts. You'll love this church. And uh, we, we, we're just praying for you that, uh, you know, God would get His people back in the Word, uh, that, un- that would He would be able to give us the un- understanding we need of His Word because it's very important. Faith can't come unless it comes by hearing the Word of God. Not not just reading, but hearing what the Spirit of God is saying to us as children of God. Faith can come. Uh, But you must understand we can only go from faith to faith when the righteousness of the gospel is being revealed. That's Romans chapter 1 verses 16 and 17. And I always like to say this ever since the Lord has revealed this to me that uh, all the words that He's ever spoken concerning man, all the words of the Bible are in righteousness. They are truth, but they're in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8 tells us that. So that means every word God has ever spoken is in righteousness, and the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel as we go from faith to faith. So all the years that I didn't have my faith in the cross, the gospel, I had my faith in other things, then I was not going from faith to faith because I was not what? I was not hearing the word. I was using the word, but I was not hearing the word in its proper righteous context, which can only be seen through the blood of Jesus, through the gospel, and that's biblical. That can't be altered. You can't refute that. If you do, then you've just chosen another way. 
And it will not be faith that comes, it will be flesh that comes. And when flesh comes, my friend, flesh comes to corrupt not only the Word of God and our faith, but our very lives. So today we're in chapter 2 of Romans, and uh, we are going to just kind of backtrack a little bit over the last part of Romans chapter 2 because what he's doing here, he's specifically speaking to the Jewish Christians in the church that's in Rome or churches, whatever. Paul doesn't really say in the beginning of this chapter as we covered last session. In verse 7 of chapter 1, he says, To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, Not only are there Jewish Christians, they're Gentile Christians, and of course there's a conflict there because you've got your Jewish Christians who are still trying to hang on to some of the things, the law in the past, and accuse the Gentiles of certain things. And, and you know, it's the same way today. We, we have things that we're not just all the way delivered from. Can I get a witness? God is still, if He's still having to conform us into the image of Christ, that means uh, that we're not quite there yet. I'm talking about in our experience here. We are that in Christ at the right hand of the Father, complete in Him, hallelujah. But yet here we are on the earth walking out What a privilege and a blessing to be walking out, learning of Him, being conformed into His image, allowing Him by faith in the cross to continue that perfect work in which He began in us. He wants to perform that until the day He comes for us, which in and of itself reveals to us that we're incomplete in our experience. We're not incomplete in Christ, but we're incomplete in our experience. And that's why Jesus taught in John chapter 15 that we must abide in Him. We must continue remain in Him that we might bear fruit. Praise be to God. So what he's doing, he's taking Paul here, the apostle, the Spirit of God through Paul is taking uh, just a moment in this letter, this portion of chapter 2, to speak directly to the Jewish Christians. Those that have been saved and come out from saved from the law, but yet just because you're saved from something don't mean it still doesn't thump you in the head or try to hold you. And that's what's going on here. And, and Paul begins to use the subject of circumcision or not circumcision, you know, uncircumcision. And he says to these Jewish people uh, that, you make your boast, in verse 23 of chapter 2, you make your boast of the law through breaking the law, you dishonor God. For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as it is written. Now think about that. He's talking to saved Jewish Christians. Can't nobody understand this, but saved people, uh, you know, lost people can't discern uh, the things of the Lord. So this is to Jewish Christians who are still trying to use the law. Don't tell me it wasn't happening because it's happening today. In many pulpits, I would say the majority of pulpits all across the world, we we say some right things and then we throw the law out there. And when the law is not just the Ten Commandments, the law is anything you're being told you have to do, actually do, outwardly do. You do something to be saved. That's a lie. Anything you're being told you have to do to be sanctified, to walk out your salvation, to experience the salvation of God through faith in the cross, other than just faith in the cross. It's a lie. Anything you're being told to do for deliverance from something that's got a hold of you, 
is a lie. It's all about what Jesus did at Calvary. He did it alone. Hebrews 1 and 3, when he had by himself purged us from our sins. Hallelujah. Not when we showed up and did a little bit to help. All we can bring to the table of the Lord is a broken heart and a willing mind. That's it. That's it. And Paul here is talking, and basically we need to back up and rephrase that. God, the Holy Ghost, is talking through the Apostle Paul to the church, the Jewish portion specifically right now of those who are saved, Jewish Christians. This letter is written to Jewish and Gentiles in this church because in Christ we're one new man, even though they were Jewish people held under the law, and even though there were Gentiles that didn't have the law, didn't grow up with the law, but yet in back in earlier in four, verses 14 and 15, Paul says, we even as Gentiles bear that the law, the works of the law was written in our hearts because our conscience bear it out by us excusing and, and excusing or accusing one another. And so he's, but here he's specifically talking to the Jewish people. Let's look at what he tells them. Verse 25, because circumcision truly profits if you keep the law. Circumcision is a great profit for you if you can keep the law. But if you be a breaker of the law, your circumcision is made uncircumcision. That means it means nothing. Watch. Therefore, if the uncircumcision, the Gentiles who were uncircumcised, the, the mark that God gave Abraham and the people of Israel to prove their faith was in the covenant, they had to be circumcised. And so now he, he, he's talking to the Jewish portion of the church. He says, therefore, if the uncircumcision, Gentiles, keep the righteousness of the law, that means their faith is in Christ because he's the only righteousness of the law. He's the only one who performed all works of righteousness, kept the law without any sin, every jot and tittle, never sin, never fail. If the uncircumcision, the Gentile folks, keep the righteousness of the law, shall not be Think about that. Think about that. He's trying to get the Jewish Christian to realize there's no difference between the Gentile Christian because we're all saved by the blood of Christ. And, and, and watch, he'll go on to prove what, what he's trying to say. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, we're born uncircumcised. And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge you, who by the letter and circumcision do transgress the law. Let me read that again. I know some of these things are really hard to understand unless you're just a student of the Word. You, you, in the Word, you have to be a student of the Word. You have to study the Word of God. And it's not really an option. That's what the Lord has told all of us, His children, to do. Study the Word. Hallelujah. So that you can teach and preach the Word. Share the Word. Verse 27, And shall not uncircumcision, which is by nature... If it fulfill the law, judge you. He's talking to Jewish Christians. If the uncircumcision, the Gentiles is what he means by the uncircumcised. Shall not the uncircumcision, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, and we have fulfilled the law by being 
in Christ through our faith in Him fulfilling the law and dying for our sins at Calvary. Hallelujah. Think about that. And shall not uncircumcision, us Gentiles, which is by nature, if it fulfill the law, judge you who by the letter and circumcision does transgress the law. Think about that. He goes on to prove. He goes on to really reach the epitome of what he's trying to say. And here it comes. And we need to hear this today. For he is not a Jew, and here he speaks of being a child of God, a people of God, which is one outwardly. Neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, a child of God, a people of God, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. Did you hear that? Circumcision that God performs is not an outward circumcision. He starts in the deep part. He starts in the heart, in the spirit, and not in the letter whose praise is not of men, but of God. Think about what the Holy Spirit is here saying through the Apostle Paul. When we men can do anything outwardly, we can boast and praise in ourselves and each other. But if it's an inward work, the, the place where God works is inwardly. And you might be thinking, well, no, God, you know, I've sang the song, Jesus on the inside, and he's moving on the outside. Well, he's only moving on the outside if he's being allowed to live on the inside. And he's only being allowed to live on the inside if our faith is in what he did for us at Calvary. When we move our faith from that work of Christ, that righteousness there afforded us, then the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of the Son of God is is limited. He's, he's, the Bible says He can no longer profit us or affect us because we have removed ourselves from Him. Galatians 1 and 6 and Galatians 5, 1 through 4. You're absolutely right. He'll never leave us or forsake us, but we can remove ourselves from Him. The Bible tells us so. And we need to remember that. doesn't mean we're lost because we go back under the law. It means we remove ourselves from Him. We, he is the experience of eternal life right now. Jesus. Eternal life is not something that I'm going to experience. Jesus told us He is the life. He is our eternal life. He dwells within us now. And to experience Him, to profit of the life He is to us, to be affected according to His will, to the life He is to us, we must remain in that faith in which we began, which only came about by being a believer in the cross. Amen. Because God... Even though he had Abraham being circumcised outwardly, that was because they were under law. Even sanctification in the Old Testament was about sprinkling the pots and taking baths and everything outwardly. But when Jesus came, he didn't change everything. He just moved into the people of God into a deeper place of understanding, a revelation of really what all that had been about because God shows up in the person of his son and says, listen, you've heard it said that you should not commit 
adultery, but I tell you, if you even lust in your heart, you've committed. You should not murder, but I tell you, even if you hate your brother for no reason, you have committed murder. It is a work of God in the heart. That's why the Bible says that it's with the heart man believes unto righteousness. Amen. Think about that. What is Paul, what more? What is the Lord telling us through this teaching? He's speaking again to the Jewish Christians, trying to let them understand you're not higher and mightier than the Gentiles because you were uh, in the lineage of Abraham because it's not your outward circumcision. It's the inward circumcision that makes you the true people of God, the true Jew, which is not a, a, a nationality uh, uh, outwardly, but it's a nationality nationality inward. It is the people of God who God has been able to circumcise their heart through faith in the cross of Christ. This is powerful, my friend. The Jews have promises. Uh, the, 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 the lineage of Abraham, the very physical lineage of Abraham, God is going to continue to pour out promises one day on them. He's going to graft them back in. All Israel in that day will be saved. They will recognize Jesus as Redeemer. And the promise is made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're going to come into being. It's going to happen. And But in Christ, there is only one new man. Hallelujah. And one is not higher than the other. There is only one new man. God is not a respecter of persons, but when he makes promises, he keeps promises. Hallelujah. And this ought to be very good to us today. This ought to be very revealing to us today that we shouldn't look at the nation of Israel as something higher and, and, and more important because, listen, God made promises. He will keep all of them. He will fulfill them through their slumber, through their unbelief. Romans chapter 11 we'll get to in, in the next few decades, I guess, but if Jesus tarries. But through the Israel's unbelief, their slumber, we've been grafted in. The 11th chapter of Romans teaches us that. We've been grafted in because of their unbelief. Hallelujah. And, and here, they're having problems in the church. The the Holy Spirit's telling the Jewish believers, you're still trying to boast in the law that you can't keep yourself. You can't boast in the law. You've got to make your boast in Christ. He's the one who kept the law. He's become our Lord of righteousness. He is the one who has kept the whole law. We can't keep the law outside of our faith in the one who did. We become law keepers only because our faith is in the one who kept the law holy without spot or blemish. Hallelujah. That's good news. Hallelujah. I'm going to read this again, verses 28 and 29. We need to hear this. For he is not a Jew, he's not a people of God, which is one outwardly, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew, he is a people of God, a child of God, accepted with God, which is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit and not of the letter. In the spirit and not of the letter. 
Think about that. We had the law of the letter up until Jesus came and gave himself at Calvary, shed his blood, that we would no longer be held under the letter of the law, but now we could have the spirit of the letter. Praise God. Hallelujah. And now it's the law, not of the letter, but the law of the spirit. And I have to say this. I hadn't said it uh, lately uh, often enough, and, 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 and we need to all time remind the people of God this, that God has always operated with people under a law. Even today, there is a new law. The priesthood being changed required that the law be changed. Can we turn over there this morning? It's, it, it wasn't in the plan, but that's okay. God's got better plans than us. Hallelujah. And, I, and if I can find it, it's in Hebrews chapter 7. This has always been special to me. Uh, somewhere here, in chapter 7, the Bible says, because the law, because the priesthood being changed, here it is in verse 12, chapter 7 of Hebrews. For the priesthood being changed, no longer Aaronic, the Aaron priesthood, but the great, the new priesthood of Jesus Christ, our new great high priest, okay. For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity because the priesthood of Aaron is no more and the priesthood of Jesus Christ after the order of Melchizedek promised that he would be, that he would have, which is a, a priesthood without the end of life. Eternal priesthood. There won't be ever a new one. Jesus is our new great high priest and because the priesthood changed, the law changed. Now, <coughs> now let's get back to Romans and move over to chapter 8 this is very powerful. This is something we need to know. We need to never forget. Romans chapter 8. Let's start in verse 1 and move into verse 2. In Romans chapter 8, take a note of this. Let the Lord minister this to you. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. That means those who are born again. It's the only way to be in Christ is to believe in in what he did at Calvary in Romans 6, 3 tells us we were immersed, baptized into the death of Jesus because that's the only place God accepts anybody's faith is in the death of Jesus. And when you placed your faith in the death of Jesus, the Holy Spirit and the operation of God immersed you in the death of Jesus because you had to be there identified with him in his death. We were crucified with him. Amen. Watch this. I'm going to read this again. Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. Must walk after the Spirit or you will live as a condemned person, even though you're not as a child of God. Hallelujah. We as Christians can live in condemnation, condemning others, if we don't learn how to walk after the Spirit. Watch this verse 2. Because the law of the Spirit of life. Oh, you need to say that with your own mouth this morning. Because the law of the Spirit of life. See, the Spirit of life has a law. Watch this. Because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, which speaks of the cross, here comes the proof of that, has made me free from the law of sin and death. Where were we made free from the law of sin and death? At the cross. 
through faith, our faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary, a new law was set in place for us. No longer the law of the letter, but the spirit, the law of the spirit. Hallelujah. That is shouting good news. It's no longer reading the word and, 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 and being commanded under some law of all that I have to do. It's, it's the letter of the, the liberty of the law. The spirit of the letter now reveals to me what Christ did, my faith being in him, and God then gives me his spirit, and his spirit begins to teach me the liberty that I can walk in in the light of God's word now. Yes, you and I are Christians and we have commandments of the Lord, but they're not commandments to be saved. They're commandments to walk in because we are saved, because they're for our benefit. Glory to God. We're commanded to love each other. We're commanded to forgive each other. There are many commands of the Lord. Jesus said, my friends are those who do what I tell them to do. Amen. Yes, we have a, a, a great fellowship and a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's our best friend. He, he, he's our, our God and our King, but He's also our commander. He's our commander. He is the captain of our salvation, and He's called us good soldiers through Paul writing to Timothy. We find that good soldiers. And so we have to take the commands of our captain, the captain of our salvation, not because he just wants to uh, uh, be a commander, but because he wants us walking in the light of his word. Amen. This is good stuff today. Praise God. I hope that you're shouting. I hope that you're getting what the Lord wants you to get out of this because there's something else I want to bring out of these last two verses in chapter 2 this morning. The Holy Spirit has said, you're not a Jew by anything you do outwardly such as circumcision, what was once commanded by God. Think about that. It was once commanded Abraham that they be outwardly circumcised to show that their faith was in the covenant. But the covenant is what their faith was in, not their circumcision. Oh, think about this. This moves right into our, our, our today's issue with water baptism. Water baptism. <laughs> we are to be water baptized, but our faith is not in our water baptism. Our faith is in Christ and Him crucified. And let me say this today, my friends. Paul would never show up on the scene and say that you're not a child of God by any outward circumcision and then turn around and teach somewhere else that you are a, a child of God by an outward act of baptism. Water baptism. Oh no, my friends. Paul said, I didn't even come to baptize. I came to preach the gospel. Think about that. Because the gospel, your faith in the gospel, your acceptance of God's word in its righteous context, which is always points to Calvary, hallelujah, the gospel, is what brought you into Christ by the Spirit of God. Think about that. Paul's not going to show up and begin to declare, write this letter to the church in Rome and tell them, that you're not a child of God by any outward circumcision, only inward circumcision, to turn right around and tell the church that you're not saved unless you commit an outward act of water baptism. It's not biblical. can't be biblical. And let me end today by verifying this, and I've said it for those of you who follow me online or listen to our messages, you, you'll understand, and you'll hear it again today. Mark 16, 16 says, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned, shall be condemned. 
That cannot mean you're saved by water baptism. Cannot mean that. You know how we know that? How we know that. I love when Paul wrote, we know, we preach, we believe. We. The we's that Paul wrote about are those who experience the written word of God by first looking through the blood of Jesus. See, all of God's words are in righteousness. Write that down, never forget that. And righteousness, that's Proverbs 8 and 8. And the righteousness of God is only revealed in the gospel as we go from faith to faith. That faith to faith is as the righteousness of God is being revealed in the gospel, not in something else. Think about that. So, if we look through the gospel, we will find the righteousness of God's Word. The Spirit of God's Word. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Take a note. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 6 through 9 says God has enabled us. He's enabled us to be New Testament ministers. And it goes on right there in verses 6 through 9 to tell us what those two things are that prove it's New Testament ministry. It's of the Spirit, not of the law. It's of the Spirit and it's of righteousness. Think about that. That will teach, that will preach for years and years because we as Christians are preachers and teachers of righteousness. Praise God. It's been a great broadcast today. It's been an absolutely awesome broadcast today. And I'm excited about that. I'm excited about what the Lord is showing us, showing you. I'm excited about the more and more people that begin to come online on social media and, and are being blessed through the teaching of God's Word as it is in truth. That means concerning Christ, always pointing to Calvary. For there is what the gospel is all about. God sending His Son because He loves the whole world to die for the whole world that we all might become the children of God. It's not God's will that any should perish. You can be saved today at this very moment not by doing something but by believing that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came and gave His life to pay the, the, the sin debt that you owed. And instead of us being separated from God forever, we can live forever with Him through simple, childlike faith in Jesus Christ and what He accomplished at Calvary. I've enjoyed this teaching today. I hope you have. I hope you would share this with your friends, co-workers, relatives. They need more than just a regular sit-down, somebody reading the Bible to them. We need to be taught the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit is doing the same thing today that Jesus did while He walked on this earth. He taught His disciples and the Holy Spirit today is, is being, He is teaching the disciples of Christ. Who are they? Those that are taking up their cross and following Him. God bless you. We love you. I hope you've been blessed. I know I have. We'll see you next time. Look for these broadcasts to be uploaded every Monday and Thursday by lunch. God bless you. Until next time, stay determined to know nothing but Christ and Him crucified.